This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Sound Mind Investing. For more than 30 years, do-it-yourself investors have relied on SMI for proven strategies and trustworthy guidance. SMI helps people build wealth so they can provide for their families, prepare for the future, and give generously. Learn more at soundmindinvesting.org. Are you worried about a recession? Many economists say we're likely to have one in 2023. I am Rob West. The Federal Reserve's raising of interest rates to fight inflation is a recipe for slowing the economy. In other words, recession. Are you prepared for it? If not, now's the time to get started. I'll talk about that today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. So far, the GDP is still in positive territory, although not by much, and the unemployment rate remains low. That's a blessing. But higher interest rates will inevitably slow the economy, so it's time to recession-proof your finances. How do you do that? Well, step one, check your credit score and get your credit reports. This will give you a base point and will allow you to accurately judge the effect of any late payments if you're forced to make any in the future. You can get a free credit report from each of the three bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax at annualcreditreport.com. With those reports in hand, you'll be able to show creditors that you've made timely payments on your various accounts in the past. That could help you negotiate better terms if you find yourself temporarily out of work. Step two, familiarize yourself with the Mayday budget. It has only four categories. The first is food. You have to eat, but keep it simple and no eating out. The next Mayday budget category is housing. Make your mortgage or rent payment. Then comes utilities. And finally, transportation. So food, housing, utilities, and transportation come first in the Mayday budget. With anything left over, you can pay other bills. Step three is to look for other sources of help. Your unemployment benefits may run out, but other resources will probably be available. Check out nonprofit organizations and local government agencies that may have assistance programs. You can call 211 to learn more about services in your area or go online to 211.org. Uh, Step four, make a list of all your creditors and their contact information. Be ready to call them and explain in detail whatever financial situation you may be facing, and then pray you don't have to use it. But if you do, it's ready. If you can't pay a bill, call your creditor before it comes due. Run toward your creditors, not away from them. When you call and speak to a representative, have your latest pay stubs handy so you can show how your income has been reduced. Uh, Tell that person how much you have available to pay on the debt for the time being. Ask if you can temporarily stop payments or make partial ones. Let them know how long you expect to be in your current situation. You may not know for sure, but try to give a reasonable estimate of how long it will take for you to begin making full payments on time again. Make sure you get the person's name and keep a record of what you talked about and any agreement you may have reached. Also, ask to have a copy of the agreement sent to you in writing. 
Creditors will usually do this anyway, but ask for it just to be sure and hang on to that email or letter when it arrives. By the way, scam artists will use tough times like a recession to victimize folks who are already in dire financial circumstances. So don't respond to emails or give out information to anyone who calls you claiming to represent one of your creditors. Step five, get professional nonprofit help for managing credit card debt. Contact our friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org if you're starting to fall behind in payments or expect you're about to. They have arrangements with many creditors to lower your interest rates. You'll make one payment that covers several creditors, making things much simpler. It's not debt consolidation, it's debt management, and that can help you pay off your creditors 80% faster. You can make arrangements to speak with a counselor at christiancreditcounselors.org. If you are laid off and lose your health insurance, check out Christian Healthcare Ministries. They offer a medical cost-sharing alternative to health insurance, almost always at a much lower cost. You can find out how they do it at chministries.org. Now, step six is to save as much as possible. It's for times like a recession that we always tell you to have three to six months living expenses in your emergency fund. There's no better way to recession-proof your finances, so start saving today. And finally, step seven, pray. Pray that God will provide wisdom for managing your finances in difficult times. James 1.5 assures us, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. So those are your steps to recession-proof your finances, and we'll put links to all the resources I mentioned in today's show notes. Your calls are next. Stay with us. We're grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. Are you searching for a way to become a better, faithful steward of the resources that God has given you? Well, download the FaithFi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app. The FaithFi app will provide you with wisdom, community, and simply help you stay on track with your finances. We have three money management options to choose from, so find an option that fits your unique needs. It's available on desktop or mobile. Simply go to faithfi.com and click App to get started. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm your host, Rob West. The number to call is 800-525-7000. I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we take your calls and questions from across the country. All right, to Cleveland, Ohio, WH. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, um, I thought I seen an ad in the mail where it was talking about um, I could pay um, my debt off in about... Um, Oh, I could apply for a twenty thousand dollar loan at the price of a um, um, for six point nine nine percent. So um, I called about it, and um, next thing I know, that um, they were signing me up to um, um, 
for for um for the loan, but that's what I wanted. But he, he explained later on after I'd been through all of the red tape that I had signed up, and then they were going to negotiate the debt. And well, he probably wouldn't understand that um, you've been saying that we should pay our debts, and that's what the Bible teaches also. Yeah. So this is what I wanted to do, but he's talking about negotiating, and, and he's saying that it's so high that I, um, I probably couldn't do the debt snowball um, good enough to get it paid off in the time that they could get it paid off for me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that background, WH. Let's talk about it for a moment. First of all, what you're probably referring to is debt settlement, where they go in, they ask you to stop making the payments, your account falls into a arrears and into collections, and in doing so, they then approach the debt uh, the debtor, I mean, the um, the company that uh, issued the debt, uh, the lender, and try to negotiate a reduced payoff, a debt settlement. Well, the problem with that is it's going to trash your credit in the meantime. Secondly, there's a lot of fraud and manipulation involved in many of these strategies, and you described one of them. They presented it as one thing, and after you went through the process, and in some cases uh, even pay some money, only to find out that you're not taking out a new loan, which I would have discouraged you from doing anyway, but that wasn't it at all. All of a sudden you find out they're putting you into a debt settlement program, which is not what was explained to you initially. Therein lies the problem. There's a lot of fraud and deception in in this particular industry. It doesn't mean there's not any reputable companies, but they're few and far between. So for that reason, I would stay away uh, from anyone uh, trying to uh, get a settlement by encouraging you to stop paying your debts on time. Now, um, you probably do have high interest rates if this is credit card debt. Is that, in fact, what debt you have? Yes, that's a fact. It's probably about um, $24,000. Okay. All right. And have you stopped adding to those credit cards, WH? Yeah, I I was getting ready to add them up, but the the, the ad was so attractive. So I called. He was saying that um, it was it was still more attractive because I thought that um, I I was just going to have a, a twenty thousand dollars to pay everything off, or, or I didn't know exactly what I needed because I hadn't added everything up yet. Yeah. So. Well, I don't like the idea of paying this off with new debt anyway. That's often called debt consolidation, where you'd get a a new loan, rolling the debts together, hopefully at a lower interest rate. The problem with that is often uh, we're treating the symptom and not the problem. The problem is overspending, and the symptom is the debt. When you transfer that debt to a lower interest consolidation loan, uh, oftentimes, even though the interest rate is lower, you're going to have a longer payback period, which means you may pay as much or even more interest over the life of the loan as you are currently. But secondly, if we don't treat the problem, which is overspending, then you're going to call me six months from now and say, Rob, now I have a $24,000 consolidation loan at 699. And guess what? The credit card debt's back. And I don't want that for you. So here's the way I would go, WH. I like debt management. It's basically where you're sliding into existing programs. There's not any negotiation. Each of your creditors has a reduced interest 
interest rate available if you go into a, what's called a credit counseling program through a nonprofit credit counseling agency. We work with Christian credit counselors here at Faith and Finance. We've worked with them for years. They're godly people. They've worked with hundreds and hundreds of our listeners to help them get out of debt on average 80% faster. And the way they can do that is there's going to be a lower interest rate with each of these accounts once you enter the program, and you're going to have a level monthly payment. So as that balance comes down, which it will much quicker at a reduced interest rate, the payment is not going to change. So now you begin snowballing that debt. And the combination of those two things working together will allow you to pay this off in full, honor your debts, but do it much quicker with a lot less interest paid. So I think that's your next step. As far as I'm concerned, I would visit with our friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org and let them get you uh, at least explore what it would look like for you to get on a debt management program. Okay. Now, now, if I do that, would that, how would that look when I uh, when I'm when I'm paid off? If I need to um, do credit at that yeah, particular it, time. It, it, It wouldn't look bad at all. Uh, The fact that you're in a debt management program is not a part of the credit scoring formula. Uh, The only thing that could uh, cause your score to decline slightly is that each of these cards will be closed when they enter the program. So that's just going to pull them out of your credit history. But the fact that you're in credit counseling, that in and of itself is not a part of the credit scoring algorithm. So I wouldn't worry about getting new credit at this point, even though it's not going to have a major impact on you. The key for you is to get out of debt and stay there. But when you get out of debt and you're ready for a loan that makes sense down the road, you won't have any trouble getting it. So head to ChristianCreditCounselors.org, WH, and let me know how it goes. We'll look forward to hearing back from you. Uh, Let's head to Indiana. Hi, Lori. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Uh, Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, My parents are 80 and 90, roughly, and they own 600 acres. They're trying to decide if they should put their farm into an LLC and what the pros and cons of that would be. I didn't know if that's something you could help us with. I've looked online for information and haven't really found a good solid answer. Um, Yes. Well, you know, one of the real benefits here of an LLC is that it provides some protection, but the big thing is that it provides some tax benefits uh, in that's not found in some other types of legal entities because an LLC is is considered a pass-through vehicle for taxation. So it passes through to the individual and, you know, that in some cases is going to, uh, you know, help with from a taxing standpoint as you're able to deduct deduct certain expenses. Uh, It can be suitable for really any uh, size of a farm enterprise. And it does have some benefits that, uh, uh, you know, in particular, sole proprietorships do not have. Um, and so what I would uh, look at doing is perhaps visiting with uh, an attorney who can just kind of look at their specific situation and decide whether this makes sense, um, you know, just to make sure that, you know, you've thought through everything. For instance, um, you know, you may have a farming operation where an LLC holds the land, the ground, and then you don't have to, uh, you know, pay self-employment tax on the rental income, things like that, where a limited liability company uh, could be uh, a very helpful. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty flexible management structure. And with the pass-through on taxation, there are some benefits. So I think it's absolutely worth looking at, Lori. And uh, I would talk to an attorney and a CPA just about, you know, their particular situation, get some counsel, 
counsel, and then they could help you both draft the the corporate you know documents, get it filed, make sure you deal with the annual filings each year, and make sure you take full advantage of it with a CPA from a taxation standpoint you know each year. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you so much. Okay, very good. You're welcome. Thanks for calling today. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org or call 800-557-1985. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. By the way, you don't have to call. Just send an email, askrob at faithfi.com. That's askrob at faith, the letters F-I dot com. Let's head back to the phones to Miami, Florida. Hey, Joyce, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Yes, yes, I was, my God, thanks for receiving my call. Sure. I want to know what's the important about investing, um, what should I know about investing about $5,000 in I-bonds? Instead of yeah. buying life insurance, I want to invest that to kind of help. Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. So, um, you know, whenever we talk about investing, we have to talk about the money that we're using and whether that's the right priority use of that money. Are there other things that should come first? And then we need to make sure that the investment vehicle, in this case, you're referring to I-bonds, matches the investment objectives, which has to do with the time horizon. How long do you have to invest this money? And how do we seek the best return with the least amount of risk? But we also have to make sure we have the right liquidity, which just means you can get access to the money uh, when you need it. So let's start with the priority use of this money. Uh, You said it's $5,000. Where is this money coming from? It's coming from part of my saving account. Okay. All right. And do you have additional savings, what I would call an emergency fund separate from this? Yes, okay. I have that in place. Okay, great. And what is the time horizon on this money? Is this earmarked for any specific purpose where you would need it back in a certain period of time? No, I want to in, invest it there from in, when my daughter will be the beneficiary, you know, for when the time comes for me to leave this place, you know, okay. that she don't yeah. have to be running around. Sure. And you mentioned life insurance. So tell me what you're thinking about there. Do you have any life insurance? I have a little, but, uh, you know, the cost of living is so high. Yes, but ma'am. instead of buying li- buying more life insurance, which is the, the payment is so high, I'm 74 years old, I figure if I invest the, the $5,000 in I-bonds, that, that additional, you know, would help, help her when, you know, when yes. that time comes. 
Yes. Is she an adult and is she depending upon your income to cover her lifestyle expenses? No, no. She's very independent. Okay. She's very about good. 41 years old and she's very independent, have her own house and Okay. So I would agree with you, Joyce, that life insurance is not the way to go at your age. And given the fact that you no longer have any dependents that would be placed in a hardship situation, if you were to pass away and therefore your income went away, then it's not a good use of money because it would be very costly. So then the question is, okay, with the resources I have beyond my emergency fund, what's the best way to invest that money? I bonds are fine. I would put those in a bucket where we're thinking about money that we might want to have access to in one to three years. Um, You've got to leave money in I-bonds for 12 months. You simply can't take it out. But if you're thinking about investing this money for more than three years, I'm not sure that's going to be the best option because even though the rate is fairly attractive today at 6.89%, that's going to change. As inflation comes down, the rate on the I-bond is going to come down with it and it adjusts every six months. So we'll get the new rate in May based on wherever the consumer price index is, basically the government's measure of inflation, and then the rate will adjust accordingly. It's going to be lower, I can tell you, than 6.89%. How much lower? We won't know till we see it. But as the Federal Reserve really focuses all of their energy by raising interest rates and contracting the money supply, as they focus their energy on taming inflation and getting it down to as close to their 2% target as possible from where it was at 9 plus percent last year, um, we're going to see that I-bond rate fall. And it, although it's attractive today, I don't think it's going to be very attractive in the future. So if you were saying, Rob, how do I invest this for the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, however the Lord, however long the Lord keeps you here uh, until he calls you home, I would say, well, this is probably a great time to drop it into a very high quality mutual fund, stock mutual fund, because stocks are selling at a discount right now. They're down from their highs last year. Um, and that would probably be a great option to grow that money, you know, over the next five to 10 years so that when the Lord calls you home, there's something, you know, more significant than $5,000 there. I like that better than the I-bonds. Now, if you said, Rob, I don't want to take any risk, uh, well, then you could certainly look at the I-bonds for the next couple of years, but I don't think they're going to be very attractive beyond that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes lots of sense. Suppose I put it in just for one year for the 12 months and see where that goes and then I make You certainly could do that. Yes, ma'am. So you can put it up okay. to 10000 this year, and uh, so 5000 would be fine. You could make your daughter the beneficiary on it, and you'd set that up when you open the account. So you'll just want to head to treasurydirect.gov, treasurydirect.gov, and you'd open your account, set up your beneficiary, and then you're going to have to transfer the funds in electronically, probably from a checking or a savings account. You'll link that up to your Treasury Direct account, transfer the 5000 in. That'll buy the electronic bonds, uh, the I-bonds, and then you'd be all set. you just sit there and wait and collect the interest. Thanks for calling, Joyce, uh, to Florida. Hey, John, how can I help you? I'm calling about, I have a credit problem, and I'm an older gentleman right now, and I'm trying to get that cleared up, Rob. I've had some things that I went through in life and um, the, with uh, depression and everything, but now I'm getting back on track. Thank you, thanks um, to God for, you know, all. For, I gave him all the glory about that, but uh, I'm just calling to find out about um, what steps I need to take to start working on my credit and get that cleared up. 
Yeah. So have you paid back, John, all the debt that you owed at this point? Uh, most of them. I started on the rob, and I know I need, there's some more on there that I need to go back into and start to clear it up, um, get okay. them clear up. So, uh, Very good, John. Well, I think the key is for you to get these paid off as quickly as you can, whether that's through a settlement, not using a debt settlement company, but contacting them on your own if these are past due and delinquent, maybe they've been charged off. If you can put together some funds without you know, depleting all of your emergency reserves, and contact them and perhaps get them to settle at a at a lesser percentage of the full balance and get that credit report reflected as zero balance. That's going to be key. Or in some cases, if you get on a repayment schedule and get current with that and then eventually paid it off, the best thing you can do for yourself is to get those balances paid down to zero in whatever way you can, either settled in full or paid in full. Again, doing it on your own directly with the creditor, not with a credit uh, settlement company. Beyond that, just be an on-time payer every month. Keep your debt you know, at a minimum. And, um, you know, that's the very best way you can improve your credit. As this gets further and further in the past, the most recent information impacts you the most. So what you may want to do when you're ready is get a secured credit card where you put an amount on deposit with a bank and then charge a regularly scheduled monthly expense against it, maybe just a few dollars, and then pay it off. That's going to help you build your credit back. Hey, we're almost out of time. But I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.